amen and amen. Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. <laughs> good morning to y'all. How are we doing this morning? We're doing good? Hey, man, what we're going to do, we're going to open up with the chorus here, and then we'll have a word of prayer, and we'll proceed from there. Hymn 321, hymn 321. We're going to do this chorus a couple of times, or at least three times, if you're able to rise, and join us in singing hymn 321, hymn 321, What a Mighty God We Serve. Don't forget the special ending on our third time through, amen? Hymn 321, here we go. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. We're going to modulate. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty What a mighty God we, what a mighty God we, what a mighty God we serve. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for, Father, thank you for today. Thanks for this privilege that we're gathered together here to praise your name and to worship you. Lord, we want to ask you to help us have a great day today here and help us to help the preacher to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to preach your word to your people. And as he preach, please help this church to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to listen to your word and then apply to your word to their lives. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Amen. Hymn 238, hymn 238. This is the day, hymn 238. Hymn 238. Sing along. Uh, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Hymn 502, hymn 502. 
Because this is the day that the Lord hath made, we can stand up for Jesus. Amen. Him 502. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto
Amen. Do you know your name is there? That's the question. If you would all stand with me and turn your hymnals to hymn number 479. Hymn number 479, I am resolved. Brother Yule, you come lead us at this time. Hymn number 479. Amen, amen, amen. coming and bringing being a part of Central Park this morning. If you're a first-time visitor here today and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll slip your hand up right now, our ushers will get you a visitor card. We're going to ask you to fill that out. And in, in the foyer after the service, I'll be standing behind a large desk. If you'll bring that to me, and I'll exchange that card for a gift bag for you to thank you for coming and being a part of Central Park Baptist Church this morning. We have a few uh, announcements for this morning. I want to encourage you to make sure you always pick up a bulletin because I don't go through everything that's in the bulletin. And there are things in there that you don't know about and you want to make sure you know about, all right? But we'll be having a bake sale today immediately following our service. We'll be, we'll be going to the Fellowship Hall. And we have uh, folks who have been baking baked goods, amen? 
and they're going to be an auction there, and all the proceeds will go to the, our, our youth program through the 52 Club for our future camp weeks and so and other things that we'll be doing with our young people. Amen. It's really important we build that next generation. And that's what their funds go to. They go to build the next generation for Jesus Christ. Don't forget about our ladies' Bible study this Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. Ladies' Bible study at 10 o'clock. Now, listen, you don't have to be a member of Central Park Baptist Church to go. If you're a lady uh, and you want to go, you can come. Amen. Amen. Uh, you say, well, I don't know. What, can I bring somebody with me? Yes, you can bring visitors. You can bring Amen. anybody you want with you. Uh, and that's at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Then uh, this, uh, in, on July 26th, we'll be going, uh, those who would like to go, we'll be going to the Creation Museum uh, here in, in, in the area. Uh, the, uh, we need to have you sign up, though, if you're going to go. Uh, we need you to sign up uh, today if you're going, so that on Tuesday we can get everything arranged. Normally there's a charge to go to the museum, and there is a charge. But someone has volunteered to pay for all those charges, so there's no cost to you if you want to go on the 26th. And that's very wonderful that somebody would do that for us. And so if you want to go, we still need you to have to sign up because we need to know how many slots we need to take care of or have taken care of. Amen. And I want to thank the Lord for uh, uh, providing that for our church. We'll be leaving here at the church on the 26th at 930 in the morning in our church uh, 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 bus or in our, our new bus, van, what do we call that? Bus, bus I thought so. Uh, and then, uh, but in, I'd like to have you here, if you could, if you could be here by 9.15 in the morning, right. that would help us get organized, make sure everybody gets on, and we can leave sharply right. at 9.30, amen? Uh, if you're going to drive up by yourself, please be the new, uh, please, <laughs> I, I gotta get my false teeth fixed. It would be all right if I had false teeth, uh, but uh, anyway, if you're driving your own vehicle, please be the, to the museum by 9.50, 9.50 on the 26th, okay? All right, let's see. Where else can I blow it today? Uh, and on July 31st, Sunday, July 31st is our fifth Sunday of the month, and we're going to have a fifth Sunday sing, amen? Right. After the morning service, we're going to have a fellowship uh, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the fellowship hall, uh, potluck dinner, amen? Uh, all you got to do is bring something. If you got a pot, bring a pot. I always bring a pot. It's always empty, but I bring a pot. And uh, usually it's this pot right here uh, that I bring, and it's very easily to be filled. And so uh, uh, we'll be having a potluck dinner there, and then after we'll come right in, and we're going to have a special singing now, we need you to sign up if you want to sing. There are people in the Crow Nation that we're not going to allow them to sing, and there are people who are Italian heritage that we're not going to let me sing, uh, uh, those sing. Uh, but there are people we want to have sing. And so if you'll sign up out in the foyer, uh, if you'll sign up out there so that we can have an organized sing that night. Uh, so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. We had some new people sing last time. And they did a beautiful job, and I want to encourage you to be a part of that. And if you've never sung here before and been disqualified like I've been, uh, then we want you to come so that we could disqualify you later. But we're awful glad that you came today. Thank you for being a part of Central Park Baptist Church. Can I be honest with you? There's no place like God's to be amen. like church to be with amen. God's people. Amen. Pastor, amen. you come. Take that beer, say amen. Amen. Y'all, uh, some of you look like the heat's got to you this week. So, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, have you ever had an excitable week? An excitable, 
yeah, excitable, where things just kind of press down on you and you just kind of get anxious about things. I just want you to take a deep breath this morning and sit down and just be still for a few minutes and let's let the Holy Spirit of God talk to us for a little while. Amen? Amen. Have you ever had an excitable kind of week? I mean, where things just kind of press down on you and... And uh, you just kind of get over anxious about things. You ever had a week like that? Okay, well, I just want you to kind of just sit down this morning, take a deep breath, and, and uh, let's just allow the Holy Spirit of God to talk to us for a minute. Amen. Man, you know, I don't want to have to preach twice today, so y'all going to have to get with the program, okay? Uh, 22 and 22, first Sunday in August, August 7th. Let me encourage you to be a part of that, and uh, please write that down. Uh, also, I want to make a, another uh, quick announcement about our baby dedication service uh, coming the 31st. If you are not a member, then you need to come and talk to me, okay? And, and it's for babies, okay? We had some questions about that. It's for our children. And, uh, now, and let me say this. Baby dedication does not save your children. Amen. I, I, need, I want to make that clear. But I'm going to preach a message that morning on giving your children back to God and why we do that and, and the importance of it and the significance of it. So uh, that's, that's going to be the morning service that morning. And then at the end of the service, we're going to have our baby dedication. We've got about four families that have children and and uh, so uh, I think it's important that we understand why we do those things. And, it's, and, and by the way, it's not just about the babies. It's, the, it's about the parents as well. Probably more so about the parent than it is about the children. And all God's people can say amen. So uh, please, uh, if you have questions about that, come and ask me, and I'll, I'll answer those for you. Uh, but again, that will be uh, on the 31st, all right? So, but I'll, if you have questions about it before then, just come and talk to me, and uh, I'll, uh, we'll get all that together, all right? Are well, you ready to have a good offering? Say amen. 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 God's good, amen. All the time. Uh, and all the time, God is good. God is good. And so, uh, if he's been good to you this week, and he has, amen. then let's be cheerful givers today. Uh, as we give back to the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. I pray, God, that your hand will be upon this offering. Uh, thank you for our folks, Lord, their faithfulness today. Uh, God, it, when we do, we do have weeks where it seems like things just press down upon us, Lord. But, God, this morning, as we're in the house of God today, I pray that we'll just uh, be still for a few minutes, Lord, and allow you, dear Holy Spirit, to minister to our hearts and to our thoughts and and I pray, God, that when the invitation is given, that, Lord, that you will uh, free us from those things that bind us and keep us from coming to the altar and talking to you, Lord. And so, God, I just pray and I ask you to please have free reign in this worship, Lord, today. Bless this offering. Bless the gift and the giver. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Thank you. 
Amen. At this time, fifth grade and under, fifth grade and under, if you're fifth grade and under, you are now dismissed for junior church. Fifth grade and under, you are now dismissed for junior church. Those who are in sixth grade and higher, <laughs> please join us in singing hymn 363. If you're able to rise, hymn 363. If you're able to rise, we're going to do the first and last verses of hymn 363. Hymn 363, we're going to do the first and last verses. And then briefly greet each other as we prepare for our morning special. Sing along. I say by the blood of the crucified one. Now ransom from sin and a new work begun. Sing praise to the Father and pray to the Son. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Glory I'm saved, glory I'm saved. My sins all and my guilt is all gone. Glory I'm saved, glory I'm saved. I'm saved by the blood of the By the blood of the crucified one, all hail to the Father, all hail to the Son, all hail to the Spirit, the great three in one. Say by the blood of the crucified one, glory I'm saved, glory I'm saved, my sin. Pardon my guilt is all gone. Glory, I'm saved. Glory, I'm saved. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. Amen. Please greet each other at this time. Finally unwound every read of my heart. 
battle giants of failure and fear. Shadows of doubt where my hope was unclear. But all along, Lord, you were hovering near and I'm thankful. All the sins of my past were a thundering roar that echoed the guilt that I could not ignore. But it's nailed to the cross and I hear it no more and I'm thankful. Like Paul and Silas, after the jam, I'm thankful like Daniel, after the lions, Lord, I'm thankful, thankful like Noah, back on dry ground, thankful like Lazarus, finally unwound, every beat of my heart wants to pound, I'm thankful, Lord, I'm dry ground, thankful like Lazarus, finally unwound, every beat of my heart wants to pound, I'm thankful, Lord, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, Lord, I'm Are you thankful this morning? Hey. Are you thankful you're in church? Amen. Well, now, come on. Are y'all thankful you're here today? Say amen. Amen. I'm thankful that I have the Word of God in my hand today. Amen. Jude. Jude. We're going to start reading, and we'll read verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 13. Jude. If you find Revelation, just turn back a page, and, and you'll get right to it, all right? Jude. Uh, if you're able, let me encourage you to stand in, in honor of reading the Word of God this morning, and we'll get right into the message. Found your place? Amen. Amen. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, uh, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Uh, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, you understand, he, he started out to write about salvation, but there were some things that were going on that were of such importance, being the apostasy that was coming in through the church, he felt a need under the direction of the Holy Spirit of God to write about it and encourage us to earnestly contend for the faith. Amen. Verse 4 says, For there were certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of, God, of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance uh, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. 
And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of, that, of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and, and uh, going after strange flesh are, are set forth, for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. In other words, listen, that, that kind of lifestyle is going to face the judgment of Almighty God. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. And we mentioned that, folks, listen, if, if Michael will even call on the Lord to rebuke Satan on his behalf, then we are no match for Satan. God help us. We can't stand there and, and, and go toe-to-toe with the devil and expect a win. Uh, we got to have the, the help of Almighty God. And so we see that here as an example. Verse 10, but these speak evil of, uh, of, of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gangsaying of Korah. These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Father, I pray, uh, God, as we come before you this morning, help me, Lord, to please preach through the power of the Spirit of God. And uh, Lord, I've been asking you, Lord, all week to help me, God, and uh, Lord, purify my thoughts and prepare me for worship today, God, as I stand before you people. Lord, it's not about me today, Lord, but it's about you and about our folks' relationship with you, Lord. It's, God, it's not what we uh, think our relationship ought to be, Lord, either. It's what you want it to be. And so, God, help us to give way for just a few minutes. Lord, help us to be still in our thoughts and allow you, dear Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts and God, we give you praise. Bless the reading of your word, because it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and ask all these things. Amen. You may be seated. You know, when I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, when the Lord Jesus began uh, choosing out his 12 men, I'm certain that Satan was paying close attention. Uh, I would imagine that no matter what the Lord did when he came on the scene and began his earthly ministry that the attention of Satan was heightened and he paid attention to every detail uh, that the Lord was doing. He had, listen, Satan does not know the future. He does not, what, he doesn't know uh, and did not know what the Lord's intentions were, but he knew that the Lord was about to do something because of his uh, actions during the day. And I would imagine that that Satan, as he, the Lord began to uh, call out his men, Peter and Andrew and those 12 uh, men that he would choose out to literally to be the foundation of the churches that would come after him. And, and I would think that Satan would, would, was watching and maybe thinking, hey, what, hey, what's he doing? What's he doing with Peter? 
What's he going? What's he over here? What's he doing that Andrew for? Listen, those guys are just fishermen. What, what's he going to do with them? And and I would imagine that he began to watch. And 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 for three and a half years, these men literally were in Bible school with the Lord Jesus, with the greatest teacher that ever walked the face of the planet. These men he taught because the Lord knew that these men knew what they were going to face but also knew that the, uh, the churches that they would start would need a solid foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so from that time that the Lord built his first church, Satan has waged a bitter war against all such churches. You'll never get the people who don't love the New Testament church to admit it, but folks, it's the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ that stand in Satan's way and prevent him from doing all the evil that he'd like to do. Listen, he's doing a work today, Satan is, and he's causing a lot of havoc today in society. But if it were not for churches just like this, I'm fearful of what this country would look like without Christians just like you standing in the gap for our society and for the world today. Because it's the church, watch this, that's a thorn in the devil's flesh. It's not some individual's radio or television ministry. It's the church. It's the church that gives Satan headaches and, and not some campus crusade for Christ or some other non-church related program. Now these might be okay in their place, but listen, it's the church that gives Satan headaches. And Paul wrote to Timothy and told him that it was the church that was the pillar and the ground of the truth. And as you might expect, Satan has targeted the church. Listen, you are the church. Listen, so we need to really grasp what Satan is doing today as he fights the church and realize that he's fighting the organism, not the organization. Listen, the organism. After all, y'all are alive this morning, right? I mean, there's blood coursing through your vein, and, you're, and, and if I look around, I can see most of the folks here that I can see are born-again children of God. So listen, you are alive and well today. You're the church. Not this building, not, not this four walls, but you the people are the church. And so Satan fights against you, and, and he's done it ever since the Lord started his church. So, so I want you to listen close because I, I want you to get what I'm about to say because one of Satan's, think about this, one of Satan's most favorite and effective ways of weakening a church is to infiltrate the church with imposters. Uh, he wants to get people on the membership rolls, in the pulpits, teaching classes, driving buses, and all these other things, people who aren't really born again, because that weakens the church just like a disease weakens the body. You see, religious, now think about this, religious but lost folks have no spiritual power and they cannot do a spiritual work. If y'all still with me, say Amen. Religious but lost folks aren't capable of living a Christ-like life. Y'all still here say amen. amen. Satan tries to flood our churches with these kinds of people. Listen, why do you think we have so many churches, different types of churches today? Uh, I had someone say to me a, a couple of weeks ago that, uh, yeah, I, I went and visited that church over there, but it's too conservative for me. Listen, uh, you can find a church today that will fit your lifestyle. Right, 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 Absolutely. Right. Yep. 
But it's not about our lifestyle. It's about our relationship with God. Listen, there we, we have more uh, flavors of churches than Baskin Robbins have flavors of ice cream. But listen, but there's only one true church. There's only one true Bible today, and there's only one God today, one faith, and, and it's about our relationship with God today. It's not about what we think is right. It's about what God says is right. And so Satan tries to flood our churches with uh, these imposters. And now, now I don't get misunderstand because I'm not saying that all these imposters are in cahoots with Satan and, uh, you know, and they are knowingly trying to weaken the churches. No, I didn't say that at all because a lot, a lot of these folks, listen, uh, they are good people, moral people. I'm, amen. But, but, uh, but they're lost. And, and, and I think that most of them are sincere people who have simply been convinced by Satan that they're saved. But listen, but if Satan can cause the Lord's churches to be infiltrated and by enough of these religious but lost folks, then, then listen, he will greatly weaken the assemblies of the church. And we can all say amen. So I want to ask you some questions. Don't answer out loud. But to get us started, I want you. To, I want to really. I want to get right in here, but not so much in here. But I want to get right in here. Are you a member of Central Park Baptist Church? Then let me ask you another question. Do you know that you're saved? Okay. Now we're, Jude's talking. I mean, he changed his whole topic from salvation to to uh, imposters and apostates and folks infiltrating the church. I'll ask you again. Are, do you know you're saved? Well, if you, if you say that you're saved, then what are you basing your salvation on? Uh, listen, salvation today is not on good works. It's not on being a mem- uh, with your me- name on the membership role of this church. It's not about being in the baptismal waters. Listen, your salvation ought to be based upon the work uh, uh, and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary and by His shed blood only, period. There ought to have been a time where you said, Lord, please come into my heart and save me. I'm lost. I'm a sinner, and I'm on my way to hell, and if you don't save me, that's where I'm headed. Lord, please save me. Listen, that's where salvation begins. So Jude, he gives us several, uh, I believe, clear-cut characteristics of these people who aren't real. Uh, And he deals with the issue in in this short letter, and, and he deals with it because... Uh, it was as much a problem back then as it is even today. And if you look again in verse 12, it says, these are spots. I guess if I wanted to, uh, a title for the message, I would say, are you a spot? You know, remember the, remember the old books way back when? Uh, uh, the fun with Dick and Jane? Run, spot, run. See, Jane, run. Yeah, I mean, you follow me? Well, are you a spot? Verse 12. These are spots in your feasts of charity. Uh, when they, they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, watch clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Uh, Tertullian in 197 A.D., he told us a little about these feasts of charity or feasts of love. It was a, a get-together of the church members. They would have a big banquet and... Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fellowship together, and it was a happy time for the church. And 
but these love feasts, they eventually ceased because imposters had gotten into the church and, and they weren't true Christians, so they didn't have spiritual discernment and they weren't capable of spiritual activity. And so they turned these love feasts into cliques and, and sin began to work its way into these fellowship meetings. In fact, in some cases, these love feasts degenerated into immorality. And so Paul had to rebuke the Corinthian church for letting it happen. And, and that's what Jude is talking about here in verse 12. And, and he uses four figures of speech to describe these people who aren't real. And, and we just read them, clouds without water. So I want you to see this first one. Clouds without water, carried about by winds. Imposters lack productivity. You know, when I was growing up in West Texas, I got to thinking about this, and it's been hot these days and no rain. I remember uh, some of the droughts back in, out in West Texas and in Big Spring and back in those areas. And uh, I remember even Kermit and some of these West Texas towns, they, they were hiring rainmakers. Uh, they were having them come out here and do all kinds of things to try to make it rain. In fact, they were uh, hiring uh, uh, planes to, to fly and seed clouds and try to try to get it to rain. It, it, the drought had gotten so bad. I remember churches that they had gotten together and were praying on on a certain special Sunday for rain. And, and I mean, but one of the most vivid memories I had of uh, of seeing uh, of those days was seeing these clouds. Man, they'd start to build up in the northern sky. Man, they'd start heading our way, and, and you could smell the rain in the sky. They were dark. They looked like they were just overloaded with moisture and rain, and, and, and then I'd watch them pass right over. Just like the other day, I was out at the house, and man, it was thundering, and I'm thinking, man, we're going to get some rain. It's going to rain. And I watched the clouds, they just moved right along. I can remember the disappointment. Listen, I mean, we were, uh, the disappointment was terrible because uh, of the anticipation and, uh, of what was about to happen that did not happen. And this is how Jude describes the imposters in our churches. They promise so much and they look so good, uh, but they don't produce anything. And when I say that, I'm talking about how God sees it. They, they have all the good looks and sounds of a Christian, but there's no spiritual content. There's no spiritual productivity. There may be a lot of activity in their life that looks spiritual, but it's always done in the flesh and for selfish reasons. And, and the imposter may stand in this place to preach, but he doesn't do it to glorify God or help the listener. Can I t tell you this morning, listen, folks, my... My goal today is to try to help you. I, I want to help you today, and I want to. I want you to have a better relationship with God. I, I want you to. I want you to have that yearning and that desire in your heart that uh, that when you leave here today, you'll leave here knowing that you're right with God, and you want to do better tomorrow than you did yesterday or today. And and I want you to have that yearning for God and His Word, to read His Word, and uh, where it'll burn in your soul, and they just can't get away from it. That's what I want for you. Amen. But the imposter uh, doesn't do it for that reason. He does it to impress the listener. Um, he does it with the intention of having a, a good sermon. Listen, he, but he's not interested in helping the people. The imposter may sing a solo about the Lord, but he doesn't do it to please the Lord. He does it to edify the listener. 
He does it hoping that people will be impressed with their singing ability. Clouds without water. That's what they are. And the listeners left empty because the power of God wasn't in the song. Uh, the power of God wasn't in the message. Listen, I, I, I want to preach with the presence of the Spirit of God. And I want you today to, when you come here, I want you to feel His presence. I want you to feel it even when you walk in. Not, it, it's not about me. It's not about who stands here. It's, uh, it's about coming here and knowing that the Spirit of God dwells here. And, and when the choir sings or when we sing about saved by the blood, that we can feel the presence of God and we know that He's here because He begins to speak to our hearts. Listen, that's what we ought to know. But the imposter, uh, they look good. They you know, keep you thinking that maybe some great work for God is going to come from them, but it never does. Uh, they're clouds without water, uh, carried about by winds. They, they lack productivity. They lack proof. Look what else it says. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit. It's the presence of spiritual fruit. Listen, I, I want there to be, uh, listen, when we are saved unto good works. You follow me? We're not saved just to be a, a church member. We're saved unto something. We're saved from something to something. We're saved out of the, 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 the sinful lifestyle that we had lived and being lost and bound for hell unto good works. Well, what are those good works? Listen, those are good works of, uh, of reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the good work of when we go to, when we're out and about tomorrow that we lift up the name of Jesus every opportunity that we get. Those are the, those are the kinds of good works and those are the kinds of spiritual fruit that we ought to have. And folks, spiritual fruit in my life and in your life is what identifies you as a child of God. Listen, just like the trees in our backyard when we was going up in San Angelo, we had a plum tree. And for years, that thing my dad would say, yep, that's a plum tree. And I said, well, how do we know? It never had any plums on it. I love plums. I mean, for we went to the grocery store for weeks and weeks. They had all kinds of fruit in there, but no plums. It's like, what's up with no plums? And, and, and it took, listen, I'd look at that tree and I'd think, yeah, they, my mom, dad said it was a plum tree. We had a peach tree over here and it, it had peaches on it. I knew it was a peach tree. We had a plum tree over here and, and or I mean a, an apricot tree over here and, and it had apricots on it. But listen, but the plum tree had no fruit whatsoever. And folks, I want you to know it's the fruit that identified those trees and it's fr- spiritual fruit in your life that identifies you as a child of God. But an imposter, uh, they don't have any fruit. A lost person can look just as saved as you and I do. But there will always be one difference, at least one. Listen, there will be some spiritual fruit in my life, but there won't be any in his. You say, well, what's the spiritual fruit? Well, I've mentioned some. Uh, Some of them are, you know, loving God. You know, when I... Think about loving God. I think about what does it take for you to miss church? Something big or something a little bitty? You see, if you really love something, you know, you don't want to miss it. I mean, uh, if you really love something, you're going to do everything you can to not allow anything to get in your way of it. Listen, if you love God, 
Um, if you're saved, then you'll love God. You'll love what He loves. You know what He loves? The church. Yeah. Uh, and it's those works that are distinctively Christian, the loving God, loving the Bible, praying for those who, this is hard, who despitefully use you. Somebody treated you bad this week. Yeah, amen. Somebody didn't, I mean, they said something about me. I didn't like it. Lord, if you give me a chance in, a, in a, just a big stick, I'll beat them to death for you. Amen. Now, wait a minute. God didn't say, I need a little help, so I'm going to give you a stick and work them over a little. No, God said, listen, one of the characteristics and spirit, a fruit of a child of God is to pray for those that despitefully use you. Oh, man. Listen, what is, that goes completely against our human flesh. Listen, but it's a spiritual fruit. Now, I said that imposters can't do those things. They can look religious, they can go to church, they can sing, they can give. But those things that it takes a definite work of grace in our heart to enable us to do, listen, they can't do those. Look in John chapter 15 and verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5. And while you look there, I'm just going to give you an idea of what it says. It, it, it tells us that a branch couldn't bear fruit unless it was in the vine. Listen, imposters are not in the vine. Now, I want, you to, I want to ask you a serious question. This, this is probably as serious and important a question as I have ever asked. Now, listen real close. Look up here and listen. What fruit is there in your life that a lost person does not have? Now we're getting right down to the nasty now and now. We're getting down where the, you know, the hair's short. My daddy used to say, you know how a turkey looks over a log? No. And he'd reach right back here on the back of my head when I had hair. And he would put, grab a little bit with his finger and he'd just pull on it. And your head go. And he'd say, yep, that's how they do it. And I mean the back of my, oh, you talk about hurting and painful. Be like a child pulling on your mustache, men, or, or pulling on your whiskers. Listen, that question does just that. It gets us right down where the rubber meets the road. What fruit is there in your life that a lost person doesn't have? Because imposters lack proof. Can I encourage you today? There ought to be some fruit in your life. As a child of God, there ought to be something, some type of productivity. It, listen, you say, if there's not, then you need to come today and say, Lord, help me. Listen, if you know you're saved beyond a shadow of a doubt, then listen, then we need to take that step. In fact, we're going we're gonna to preach about this one more Sunday and, and, and most, the most unusual thing that you'll ever hear in your life. We're going to talk about it next week. But listen, imposters lack productivity. They lack proof. Imposters lack purity. Look at that next phrase in verse 13. It says, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Yeah, now, what does that mean, preacher? Well, when the weather's calm, uh, the ocean is crystal clear. I mean, it is beautiful. 
when uh, Mallory and I, we had an opportunity to go to Venice, and that water is just as beautiful. It's kind of a, a greenish, real light greenish color, and you can, you can look, and when the water's calm, it is the clearest, most beautiful water that you'll ever see. But, but when the storms come, and the winds begin to blow, and maybe it's hurricane season, then the ocean begins to rage, and it begins to churn, and the waves bring the filth and the debris up from the ocean floor, and they ca it casts it up on the shore. And after a storm, you can walk down the, the seashore. You can find all kinds of things, rotting fish, seashells, all kinds of debris that, that used to be on the ocean floor, but the waves have brought it up to the seashore, and you can see that. And it's like Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 20. It says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters, watch, cast up mire and dirt. Listen, what you are on the inside is what you are. You see, the imposter may be um, uh, such a clever imitation of a true Christian that it's impossible to detect the difference with the naked eye. But there is one thing you can count on when the storm rolls in. What's on the inside is going to come to the surface. The waves are going to bring out what's deep within. You know that old saying that says, what's down in the, what's down in the well will come up in the bucket. Listen, uh, when the imposter is wrong, the imposter, he'll strike back. When he uh, has a chance to sin and not get caught, then he'll sin. Uh, when he gets into a pressure situation, he'll, he'll fold up because... He doesn't have the faith to sustain him. When times are hard, and listen, man, I'm telling you, they're getting that way. You follow me? Say amen. amen. When times are hard, he gets depressed and sad, gripes at God because there's no Holy Spirit to comfort him. Listen, we got to remember what we talked about Wednesday night. We, we learned this uh, about the Daniel's three friends when they were in the fire. You remember, they bound them with chains and threw them in. And when, when Nebuchadnezzar saw them, Nebuchadnezzar says that they were what? And if you look in that verse of Scripture, it says they were walking in the midst of the fire. In other words, they were in the midst of trouble, but they weren't trying to get out. Listen, and I mentioned to our folks Wednesday night that if, when we get into trouble, listen, if we're not careful, listen, we begin to say, God, please get me out of here. And, and our human nature begins to take over. And we forget that, listen, God is the one, if you're a saved, born-again child of God, that allowed you to be in that. And listen, these three Hebrew men, they were walking around in the presence of God himself, and they were free and at liberty, but they were in the presence of God. The imposter doesn't have that peace. Uh, man, they get into situations and, and, the, and, and the storm comes and it brings to surface uh, things that have been in the imposter's heart all along. Listen, they lack purity. The imposter lacks purpose. Look what it says in the end. He says, wandering stars. You know, God placed the stars in their courses. He put them there. In fact, Judges chapter 5, verse 20, it says... The stars in their courses fought with Sisera. So it literally lets us know that God put those stars in a course. They have orbits. They have direction. They have purpose. And 
I, again, I can, and I've told you about this year, I'll tell you again, my dad had a 1968 two-door Pony, a Bonneville Pontiac, and I would lay in the back, in the window. I could fit back there, you know. I could probably be pretty close to fitting back there now. But I mean, all the, my brothers and sisters, they'd be all piled up in the back seat, and I'd be laying back here. Nobody bothered me. It'd be at night, and I'd press my face against the back end of that uh, window, and, and I would, I loved to look up at the stars. And every once in a while, I'd get a glimpse of a star that would just, that would just chase across the, the midnight sky and just flash for a moment. Well, well, the Bible says that the imposters like purpose. And, uh, and sometimes you, you see these, these stars. And, and they, you might call them a wandering star. A, an imposter oftentimes is like uh, what I call a popcorn Christian. They pop in, they pop up, and then they pop out. Amen. Listen, but that imposter, watch, he, he comes into a church for a little while. He makes a big flash, and then they disappear. Listen, they had no purpose. Just like that star that flashed across that midnight sky. Listen, it had no purpose. Listen, these imposters have no spiritual purpose in mind. They have no spiritual goals and uh, that they don't that they want to meet. Listen, I want to encourage you today. Listen, if you're a born again child of God, have some spiritual goals. Our spiritual goal ought not to be just to show up on church on Sunday morning. Amen. Come on, are y'all still with me? Say amen. We ought to have some goals here as born-again children of God. We ought to have a goal of, of getting in the Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us as children of God and, and that we ought to grow in our, and mature uh, in our relationship with God today that so when those times come that uh, they don't bother us, that we're just walking around in the midst of the fire in the presence and fellowship of Almighty God. But an imposter... They have no goals. Uh, they don't want to be used of God. Listen, and by the way, uh, an imposter can't have any spiritual goals anyway because they don't, the Holy Spirit of God doesn't live within them. Listen, they, they'll never have a burden to see lost souls saved. You, you know, one thing that I enjoy in seeing is people getting saved. I enjoy uh, baptized. That, that's the fun part of ministry and uh, uh, seeing people baptized and, and watching folks come down and bear their heart to God and get right. Listen, I, I enjoy seeing lost people get saved, but an imposter, they don't have a burden for the, say, the lost. They don't have a burden for the church because the Holy Spirit of God doesn't live in them to give them that burden. Uh, they don't like the rules. They don't like the regulations or restrictions, as so they call them. But the Bible says that rules aren't grievous to those that love God. Listen, I've talked to folks about baptism over the years. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine just a couple of weeks ago about this very thing, about uh, baptism and, and asking folks if they've been baptized in a Baptist church. And, and listen, and I have to say that we've had folks that come here and I'll say have have you been baptized in a Baptist church? And they'll say, they'll say no. And I say, well, do you know you're saved, born again, child of God, through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? They say, absolutely. Then I say, then the way that we would accept you as a member of this church under the, the, the principles of the word of God is through baptism. And I've had them say, nope, not going to do it. And walk away. Uh, but then I've had some that I've said, are you 
Born again child of God. Yes, absolutely. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, absolutely. Been baptized in the Baptist church? No. Well, then that would be the way that we would accept you into membership of this church. And they would say, okay. Praise the Lord. That ought to be the attitude. That ought to be the spirit. Listen, I, and I'm not going to, that's a whole different sermon. But I'm here to let you know today that, that imposters, they don't like those things. They don't like it when the pastor says, well, now listen, if you sing in the choir, men, you, you, you got to wear a tie. Right, right, Ladies, right. you need to wear a dress. Amen. Oh, I said, I've had some say, well, preacher, are you going to keep me from singing in the choir? And I said, no, you will. I won't. See, imposters don't like that. They, they'll rebel against the word of God because their purpose is fleshly and not governed by God's word. Our lives ought to be governed by the word of Almighty God. Um. If you look in Proverbs chapter 23, and I've got to quit. Solomon's admonition tells us, says, buy the truth and sell it not. It reflects the fact that truth, it, 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 listen, is a precious commodity in Scripture. You know why? Because Isaiah 65, 16 says that God is the God of truth. Amen. Yeah. Jesus himself said, I am the truth. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Yes. Amen. And 1 Timothy 3.15 tells us that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And folks, sometimes, think about this, even though sometimes we forget the importance of truth, Satan doesn't. And ever since the fall of man, listen, the father of all lies, Satan himself, John 8, 44, he's done everything in his power to destroy, hide, and twist the truth. He constantly tries to replace the truth with falsehood and deception. And the tragic thing is that his deadliest attacks, they don't come from those who openly reject and rebel against the truth, but they come from those who profess to know the truth and believe the truth, but they lie. Satan's most effective agents are those who secretly infiltrate the church and they pass themselves off as genuine shepherds and leaders, but yet they're imposters. You know, the Bible teaches us and tells us about some of those people and put, gives, us, gives us their name. Simon Magus in Acts chapter 8 is one. Hymenaeus in 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'll, get, I won't, I'll give you the rest. Alexander is another in 1 Timothy. Diotrephes is another in 3 John. These guys are what I call spiritual Benedict Arnolds. They follow after their own selfish appetites. And there's still, listen, there's still people today that stand in this place and they're imposters. They don't try to help the people. They'll tell them, you're okay. I mean, we all got a little God in us and if you'll just flan that flame a little bit, it'll catch on fire and that little God in you, it'll just come out. I don't think so. 
Listen, um, then whoever stands here got to tell the truth. And we can tell the truth. Sometimes it don't taste good, you know, kind of like castor oil. My mama gave me that. She said, here, take this. Yeah, didn't taste good, but my mom always said, oh, it's good for you. Yeah, all right, whatever. Truth is good for you. Buy the truth and sell it not. God, Jude is writing here to challenge you and me as born-again children of God. We need to understand that we've got to contend for the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith is what Scripture says. Hold fast to the form of sound doctrine. Rightly divide the word of truth. Why? Because the souls of men, women, boys, and girls are at stake. Why? Because the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And we must do as we've been admonished, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Listen, if we don't stand for the truth, who's going to? Uh, if we don't draw a line, and listen, it, it's come to that time today in our society where we're going to have to draw a line and say, and, they, and say this far as we go. Listen, Christian, can I ask you something today? Um, have you drawn that line in the sand or are you still just floating around? What is there? What kind of spiritual fruit is there in your life that a lost person does not have? Do you have any? If not, why? You're the only one that knows the answer to that. I don't. But you and God do. Can I encourage you today? Why don't you come and say, Lord, help me to produce some spiritual fruit in my life. And let us walk and contend for the faith. Jude challenges us through his word to be Christians and produce some spiritual fruit. And all God's people can say, Father, help us. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help each of us today. I look around our, our congregation this morning, and God, I see saved folks. But God has saved born-again children of God. There ought to be some spiritual fruit in our lives. And if not, God, would you please help us to come? Lord, I pray, God, I, I was thinking about this this morning in my devotion, that, God, that the one thing that, that keeps us from responding to you, Lord, is that old sin of pride. God, pride changes us to our pew. It, it anchors us to the floor. And, God, we don't move. But, God, we are in a place, Lord, where we ought not allow that to, to keep us from doing business with you today. Please, Lord. Loosen the chains of pride in our hearts and in our thoughts. And if folks need to come today, I pray, God, they'll come. Lord, they'll just come and say, Lord, help me and strengthen me to, to have some spiritual fruit. God, would you please bless us this morning? God, would you please strengthen us? Rebuke Satan and all of his imps today, God. And God, may we for this next few minutes just give place to you. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and... While we sing just a verse, if the Lord's speaking to your heart, would you come today? Listen, Christian, would you come? Listen, Lord, just...